everybody, and welcome back to Dungeons and Diapers. I am Crofton Steers, one of your two jovial Canadian hosts. We're here uh, every few weeks, I guess, to uh, find that great balance between being a geeky parent and just being a parent. And with me, as always, my co-host, I introduce to you, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, the Ryan Murphy. Oh. How's How's it going, Ryan? I'm I'm doing well. That's quite the intro to the show. It's almost like we're this is our fourth episode and we're getting the hang of it. I'd also say that uh, you are definitely not the one and only Ryan Murphy. There's probably a bunch of Ryan Murphys. We uh, speaking of multiple Ryan Murphys and the multiverse that is uh, what we're the doing. The Murphyverse. The Murphyverse. I mean, we won't get into details because it'll, it'll it gets into the gobbledygook, and I don't know if we've talked about. We, we talk about parenting, we talk about gaming, but I don't think we've talked about our, our professional lives. I've mentioned on occasion, but I'm going through a process right now that I'm sure you're going through a process as well. And I, I found out that within my organization across the country, I am the third Ryan Murphy, the third greatest Ryan Murphy. I only, I got Ryan Murphy three. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like I'm having a bit of a crisis. I, I will give you, well, I will do you one better. Okay. Uh, I am Crofton Steers too, Oof. Uh, and and uh, now I know what you're probably thinking. Uh, there can never be another Crofton Steers. Certainly not one as great as you. And you are right because Crofton Steers one. Get this. Also me. Um, uh, wait. What? So in 1999, I was a student for the organization I work with now, and they created an email account for me, uh-huh. and. Uh, now in 2016, when I joined the department, they told me that Crofton Steers was taken for email addresses. And I said, well, you know, unlikely that there is another Crofton Steers. And they're like, oh, there is. And I recognized it was my address from 1998. So I said, well, just give me that one back. And they said, oh, I'm sorry, because it was under another part of the organization than where you work now. We can't give it to you back. How would you like being Crofton Steers 2? I was like, are you out of your minds? I am not going to be Crofton Steers 2. And uh, and so sure enough, after some wrangling, uh-huh. I managed to secure the rights to just Crofton Steers. Yeah. However... They renamed the old account Crofton Steers 2. So every once in a while, I get emails from people asking me, uh, I'm trying to send you, or I'm sorry, emails, calls from people asking me, I'm trying to send you an email. Are you Crofton Steers or Crofton Steers 2? And I'm like, oh, God, it drives me nuts. Why don't they just forward the Crofton Steers 2? I know. Why don't they, Ryan? Why don't they? I, I know, I, like, I, I think I know the guy who's like, spearheading this process and i'm trying to be i don't know why i'm trying to be i'm trying to be cryptic because it's it'd be boring if we went into details but i I feel like calling him up and being like yo like maybe maybe the other now i know i'm in a similar position to you where before they were doing middle names and they actually gave me the other ryan murphy's account because like my middle name doesn't start with an i who's this what is your middle name I have no idea. You have no idea? Well, I'll give you the... I'll, uh, here, I'll give you the initials and then you try to guess, knowing that I come from a Christian family, family, because you'll you'll get the hint as I have two middle it's names. It's John, isn't it? No, but my brother's middle name... Uh, one of my brother's middle names is John. Um, okay. Probably because of family connection, not a, not a Jesus connection. But uh, yeah, it, it, CP. So like, get in there a bit and think about it. I, I think they're both Christian names. 
Wait, so your middle it's two n- names, C P? Yeah. So I guess it's like a it's like P a Catholic is Paul. Thing. Yeah, well you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, P is Paul. So I just gotta figure out what the C is. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a bit of a deep Christopher. Cut. Oh my gosh. Did you just Google me or something? Is it No. Uh, no. You nailed it. You just told me it was Christian. Yeah, I guess that was a big hint. Although like they're not related to that side of things they were they were family members of mine but also came from a religious background so maybe they were named after those people i don't know Re- naming people is weird we didn't do that at all with caden and abigail we just went like caden sounds like a cool name also a character from mass effect that i may or may not have killed off but besides the point <laughs> that was a caden with an i i much prefer caden with a y so yeah, like I don't know. I don't know about you. Like with names, did it, did, it, did you just pop pop them into your head, or or did you actually like? For naming kids, it's super hard. There's oh, it's so difficult. much pressure. I know. So I am. Um, so with kid number one, Gwendolyn mm-hmm. Elizabeth Steers. Elizabeth is my wife's uh, mother's name, and she's passed, and so it was sort of a tribute. So middle names tend to be tributes, at least around these parts, is is more often than not. Um, and, uh, and the first name was, was actually, that's my, my choice kind of after going back and forth, it, Jesse and I shortened our, we had our respective lists. We had names on the list and all that. My thinking was just like, A, it was a name I kind of liked, but B, there's so many nicknames that der- derive from both Gwendolyn and, um, Elizabeth. Now, Gwendolyn it, there's Gwen and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff, but also Wendy is from uh, Oh really, Gwendolyn. And uh, in the in the Wonder Years with Fred Savage, his girlfriend was Winnie, and her name her name is actually Gwendolyn. It's just they called her Winnie. That's another nickname. And then Elizabeth's got Betty, Liz, all this sort of stuff. So I just sort of figured, as a guy who's got a name that's kind of like pretty much no escaping it, uh, I I felt I gave her the the choice if she becomes a high-powered lawyer she can go with one name if she becomes i don't know like a a savvy social media guru she could use another name so uh, i feel i've done done good with her giving her the options that she needs for success i I think when when we named we named caden it was a long drawn-out process and we didn't find out the sex so uh we we had a boy and a girl and the girl's name was actually uh, my my a bo- not a boss but a manager at work who um, who came over that I guess I sort of worked for and then didn't but anyways we were we were friends and he came over and he's like oh yeah my daughter's name is is this and I was like oh shoot and I go home to Ashley I'm like Ashley this person just started working we can't have this name it's got to be a boy or we got to change the girl option and he's and she's like I don't know this person how long is he gonna be around. <laughs> Like we could still call it this name, and sure enough, we didn't have to worry about it because because Caden was was born a boy. But with Abby, it was just like we uh, actually. There's a funny story behind that. Uh, with Abby, we had a we didn't have a boy name because, and we told everybody, oh, we weren't finding out, we weren't finding out, but we actually secretly found out what the sex was, and we didn't oh. tell anyone. Actually, I haven't told really anyone really, uh, but I've been sneaking it into conversations to kind of just throw people off. And I've been doing it person by person just to like prolong the fun of it. And Ashley's Ashley sort and sort of just let me get away with it because it's been well, it's been over a year. So I'm like casually having a conversation about Abby, and then and and it's usually helpful because my sister in law is pregnant. So I say like, yeah, it's fine if you find out the sex. I mean, we found out with Abby, and everyone was fine. 
and then they what what did you just say uh so i have fun torturing my my family it's it's kind it of it is kind of thing it's also a way for for you to check if they listen to your podcast because you can be like oh really i mentioned it on my super successful dungeons and diapers show it's true and they'll say is that the one with crofton yeah they're big craftaholics as as you like to put it uh but yeah i i think that naming name naming kids is something we could do a whole episode on honestly it is and it's like it's a huge it's a huge responsibility and it just came up but like i would like to talk about it more sometime just because uh i mean it is something that everybody struggles with and um just you know before we move on i will say clara our second uh i felt bad because i felt like i i didn't think i'd been super heavy-handed and pushing for gwen's name but but um i guess like it had been more my choice than jesse's and supposedly she does more of the work so uh so i i figured uh for the second kid she should get free reign and she had clara had been on her finishing finishing list for the first first child and definitely uh bumped up uh, on the for the second child she she also liked claire uh, but uh, again, our um, same sort of situation, except in this case, it was it's my sister-in-law whose child's, uh, you know, named Claire. And so it's hmm. uh, tricky. So Claire and Clara, both very good geeky names. Does Clara come from your love of or uh, just as love of Doctor Who or is it just a cool sounding name? No, it's just a cool sounding name. And honestly, I don't think we got to Doctor Who when uh, we we uh, stopped watching after um, after uh, if the after the first two Matt Smith seasons, I think. So we uh. never even got to Clara. I don't think um, the one the one geek reference that my brother threw threw at me was uh, Back to the Future Three uh, when they go to the Wild West and. Um, Doc Brown falls in love with the school marm and her name is Clara. And, hmm. and he just has this moment of like delivered in only the way Christopher Lloyd can deliver it. He's Clara, that's a beautiful name or whatever. And uh, so, uh, so, so uh, I, when I heard that, I laughed and I, I definitely got a lot of grief for Gwen because uh, Gwen Steers is not so far from, Gwen Stacy, which is a uh, mm. Spider-Man's true love, and uh, and um, uh, I am a huge Spider-Man fan and have always been. So a couple of people ribbed me for that, but hey, whatever. Names come from all sorts of places. Yeah, I think I think names is one we we should add to the topic list because there's lots lots to talk about there. And another one on that note would be, I mean, we've obviously made a, I don't know, maybe a, a conscious decision or or maybe just an we didn't really think much about it when we were prepping for the for this podcast as a whole but like talking about the family unit with with names you know and going right out there and saying i mean i'm i'm pretty public with you know the kids names like obviously they'll they'll be able to take over their social media sort of activity once they're old enough but uh i think when they're they're cute and young like we're we're pretty protective of the kids but it would be interesting to talk about that cuz i know some people who are I know, I know we're popular, Crofton, so don't take this the wrong way, but some some folks who are more popular than us uh, try to keep their kids, you know, you know, under wraps, like not under wraps, but they, they say they have kids, but they use sort of fake names or they say, oh, the boy or the girl. But I mean, I've listened to so much Frog Pants stuff and the way Scott talks about his kids, I think we, I think I, that's how I've mirrored it. I always talk, you know, I talk about the kids as if they're 
real people and I use their names as opposed to using like weird nicknames. I have no problem with either one, but I mean, that would be an interesting thing to talk about as well. Well, I was, I was uh, driving in the car with Gwen the other day and mm-hmm. it, I just, it just so happened that I was listening to our last episode of this show oh. because I'm a major narcissist and also <laughs> want to see if I can, you know, improve performance and all this sort of stuff. But Gwen was like, Hey daddy, that's you talking. I was like, yeah, it is. I'm super famous. And, uh, anyway, wow. she, she, uh, she was listening and I was like, Oh, please God, don't let me say anything really horrible. But I was talking about playing Mario Odyssey with her that time on the show. And she was really like, she was started talking to me about Mario and was like, Oh, you know, and agreed with certain points uh, or things that I was, I was saying. So I definitely see the appeal of, um, of like giving kids a little window into yourself. And I, I'll be honest, like when we were starting good, bad or bullshit, Bo, myself and Mike, we always thought it was kind of funny how that there would be this audio record um, and like not to get too morose, but like my dad uh, has passed and he passed of Alzheimer's, which is a horrible disease. And unfortunately he got Alzheimer's like, well, I was still a very young adult, like, fairly young adult. So as a- adult Crofton, I've mm. never really had an opportunity to sit down with him and hear what he thinks or pick his brain or, or anything like that. And that's something that like, I, I totally regret. And it's not like he has a series, like an eating, keep a diary. He doesn't have it. I mean, a series of any sort of uh, recordings or some video home movies and stuff that he took. So we, we have those, but it's not quite the same thing. Whereas now, my kids will have an audio record of my opinions in my thirties on every topic imaginable. I didn't mean like if that isn't a narcissist way to look at it, I suppose. Oh, not really. I mean, I, I feel terrible now because what you were describing makes perfect sense. Cause when you're, when your kids grow up, I didn't have that either. And I, you know, again, not to, not to try to, you know, bring, bring the show down, but you know, when my, my grandmother passed away at the end of August, I I was brought back to my hometown, back, brought back to see my extended family on my dad's side, and I got to see all these great pictures that everyone collected for the uh, for the funeral home. And and watching that slideshow, I was reminded, like seeing all these photos of my dad as a kid, as my dad as a teenager, an adolescent, like an adult, you know, just leaving home for the first time, and and seeing you know grandma when when she was you know my age, and it was just. It was just weird to think like they had to put forth extra effort to 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 catalog that stuff and keep it present through the last 80, 90, almost 100 years. And, you know, my, you know, kudos to my parents because they, they did do a lot of like uh, video recording on their VHS when we were much younger. And the, and my mom loves to take pictures. It's it's almost a I'll say, I'll call it a hobby just in case she's listening. I, I love that she takes so many pictures because she sends me these collages and stuff. And and honestly, we look at the way we take pictures and catalog our lives. Even if we didn't have this podcast, there's still social media, and there's like next of kin type setups for social media as well, where all that stuff is inherited now to your kids. So they would have they not only have access to your podcast, but your social life as an adult. You know. Uh, and and maybe even a, as a as a young adult as well, you know, social media was around. I mean, I remember it really taking off when I was in college. Yeah, and it's definitely something that uh, 
I would want to make a wholesale discussion for for maybe another show, which is mm. your kids in social media, yeah, like how much how much you put on or how much how much you put them on or how much uh, you you keep them private or you know there's a there's definitely a lot there. But Ryan, before mm. we get too far astray, and it has been a good astray, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I think it is time that we look at our planned content for the week, both in terms of delving into dungeons and changing diapers. What, my good sir, would you like to start with? Well, I think it, it always makes sense to start with uh, dungeons because I think we want to we want to look at we want to be we want to appear to be uh, really bad people and only talk about video games and geeky stuff and then We're start fun. talking about kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We fun first, kids second. Yeah, because we're terrible parents, right? Like that's been established, isn't it? It is not. I'm just joking. So, okay, uh, uh, let me see. Let me go back in time. So I was really excited about Mm Spider-Man. I think I talked a lot about it. Turns out last time I mentioned stuff about Spider-Man being a killer, I was only half right. Supposedly, if you look real closely, he webs people to buildings, but whatever. It wasn't clear enough to me. Mm. Uh, I I thought of that when I heard about that, too. Like People were saying, oh, yeah, he totally webs people. I guess if you just... It wasn't very clear. No, it wasn't clear at all. You really had to look, and so here's. But he was still, you know. There's a lot. Like he's he slides under people's legs when they're and they get shot in the chest multiple times. I don't. I'm I'm not uh, changing directions on it, but I will say I platinum Spider-Man, which is not something that I've Ooh. ever done, and on a video game before. Uh, did you, uh, young sir, finish Spider-Man? I did finish Spider-Man. I'm one trophy away from getting the platinum which is the the random crimes across yeah, all the districts that's the one yeah and i'm 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 waiting for the dlc to to kind of tackle that because i believe the dlc is just going to add like another layer on top of the map in terms of activities and stuff so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it some time and let it breathe and then come back to it but one piece of advice i can give to folks who, who are listening to this and if you haven't played spider-man or you're knee deep in spider-man goodness you're gonna want to do those crimes when they pop up because if you're going for the platinum, I mean, if you're not going for the platinum, don't worry about it. But if you are, you're going to want to do those crimes as they pop up because it will be a tedious effort at the end of the game. That just a, just a little tidbit. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. And even I, I did them as they popped up. And honestly, there was still a bunch oh, to yeah. do at the end of the game. Um, and uh, but uh, but, you know, like I still enjoyed them. It was getting a little bit tedious at the end, but then I finished and I had like nothing to do. And honestly, there's these articles about it being an easy platinum and i have to say there are some things they could have they could have asked you to get like gold and all of those taskmaster challenges i didn't Mm -hmm. do that no uh they could have asked you to finish on the hardest difficulty i didn't play it on the hardest difficulty um so they 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 did take it a little bit easy on us yeah it was uh yeah i was reading a similar article that said like in terms of major first party releases this was the most platinum game and I, I wouldn't say it's it's easy, but it's 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 just it's a good level of fun and difficulty. And you're right. If I had to gold all those Taskmaster tasks, it wouldn't have happened. I would have I would have. Well, this is not platinable. But, you know, Insomniac Games has always made great products that are that are achievable from a platinum standpoint. I, I think the only platinum games that I've done were uh, Ratchet and Clank on the ps4 Mm. 
as well as uh, Infamous, Second Son. Although that one, that was in an older time when I didn't have kids because I believe I had to play through that game twice in order to get it. And yeah, I don't have that time anymore (laughs) to to beat a game twice. So so yeah, so you finished Spider-Man and then Mm -hmm. never finished another video game again. Well, this is something I wanted to talk about. And I mean, I think we could probably spend a good chunk of time on it because it's something that that we were talking about on the Gamers Inn last week. So Jocelyn was out of town and, and Bo joined the show as well as yourself. And we, we talked about AAA experiences. And I think looking at your notes, you're you're also going to talk about something that, that was sparked by that Gamers Inn conversation or at least Bo's uh, love of Witcher. But I was thinking about this in that we always talk about balance and something that I've struggled with for the last two and a half years, ever since Caden was born and I was going back to work and, and time was, you know, was free time was becoming shorter and shorter. And it's also that balance of content in terms of looking for that AAA experience or at least an enjoyable experience that you're really going to really going to love, you know, and, and look back at fondly. And so I, I beat Spider-Man and... I, I got a, a review code for Shadow of the Tomb Raider from Square Enix, so I wanted to check that out next. And I'm a big fan of the new Tomb Raider franchise. So I jumped into that right after, and it just uh, it wasn't triple it wasn't A. Like, I guess if you're using the triple A moniker, like Spider-Man would be triple A, and then Shadow of the Tomb Raider kind of felt like a like a double A. Like, not, not the greatest game you've ever played, but serviceable. And But the, I don't know. That's interesting. Just because, like, uh, and I think what Bo and I often mean by AAA content is like, like, you, they have to be giving you the most enjoyment possible. It doesn't necessarily need to be a AAA game. There's plenty of AAA games that come out that you may you might not find to your liking, and um, the double A sort of market is kind of dried up in favor of now, like in terms of big triple a releases and indie games like there's not much in the there's not much in the middle right because it mm-hmm. costs so much to make these games but um i i have played um the tomb raider remake and then rise of the tomb raider and when they were released both of those games were i think considered like you know big releases they both i think launched in the shadow ironically of other major releases fallout 4 definitely re- i think released on the same day as rise of the tomb raider um, and that was unfortunate for Tim for Tomb Raider, but that didn't stop them making another one in this one. And it released like the week after Spider-Man, everybody was talking about Spider-Man. So like, um, I, I just kind of, I feel like it's going to be one that I'll see on sale sometime. I'll be like, Oh, I like the other two. Maybe I like this one. Like, is this one any worse than the other two? No. Well, I don't know. It's tough to say. Like, I'm I'm am just not feeling it similar to how I was feeling Spider-Man, and with Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I did finish it by the way, but I pushed myself to finish it just because I knew I wanted to complete the trilogy, and and I'm gonna talk more about it on the Gamers In this week. So if you're looking for like a full sort of review of the whole game, you can check out that episode. We gave our early impressions a couple weeks ago, but I wanted to I wanted to get more time with it, you know, both from the standpoint of like you know, getting a review code, so you're going to review it, right? And for also from the standpoint that I wanted to finish it because I I like that franchise, but it just felt, it just, something was off about it. You know, the combat fell off, the dialogue on all the side quests felt really forced, all the animations in the side quests were kind of lame. 
some of the side quest stuff, actually the side quest stuff was, was not great in comparison to the main story. And also the main story just kind of felt like it was like, it wasn't as well fleshed out as the other two games. The other two games had more to it. In this one, it starts literally with you tomb raiding uh, in some random place and you, you pick up the knife and it's like the Indiana Jones thing where you pick up the knife and then all shit goes goes against the wall. You know, like it is just, it's bad. Bad things happen. It's like, uh, and that's that's the catalyst for, for the story. Like you tomb raided and you're a bad person for it and we're going to show you why. And the whole game is about you trying to make up for that by destroying even more priceless uh tombs (laughs) and it just i don't know it just didn't feel like the the start of the story lagged a little bit it didn't feel like it had good footing and then it was like the last quarter that kind of came back together but as it came back together they like hit the fast forward button and concluded the trilogy you know the it's not really I, i don't know if it's a spoiler but like the ending tied it up a nice little bow, and then it's like, all right, go play Tomb Raider on PS One. It leads right into that, you know, in in the sense that this is a prequel to all those other games. It doesn't explicitly huh. state that, but like that was the that's the original intent is that this is the origin story to Lara Croft. And what's kind of funny about that is that, uh, and and as you were talking, I, I thought about this a little bit. Hmm. Is that it? Shadow of the Tomb Raider is made by a different studio than made the first two Tomb Raider games. And I, yeah, like full full disclosure, I know somebody who worked on the first two Tomb Raider games. Oh, that's cool. And and a lot of the the team that um, that worked on that has has been. Um, well, they're working on off. Avengers, right? Yes, that's correct. So they've been shipped off to the Avengers game, and so Shadow was was made by a separate studio in a separate city, and all that sort of stuff, based on the leg, you know, legacy things. It, it, what you're sort of saying reminds me a little bit of uh, Batman: Arkham Origins when yes. people were talking about that game. Uh, that that feeling of like, well, it's you know, it's still pretty good because the bones are good or whatever, but. There's something that's a little bit off about it. Everything feels like just not quite right, you know, and not quite to the same level. And that's mm. what I, the impression I'm getting from you on this one. I think I think that's a, a, a really good way to look at it. Although, you know, Arkham Origins, like you said, solid bones, but also a game that didn't exist within the trilogy, right? Like they, Rocksteady still finished it off with Arkham Knight. Right. But with this, I don't think we were going to get Shadow of the Tomb Raider from Crystal Dynamics anytime soon, because that Avengers game, we got a a teaser, and that's it, and that game was not to be seen at E3 this year. But actually, the developers behind it are actually based out of Montreal. It's IDOS IDOS Montreal, or Montreal IDOS, I don't know which one one comes first. But the guys behind the new Deus Ex uh, games. Which I incidentally really, really liked, the uh, new... uh, deus ex games but also got kind of short short shift a little bit yeah like the Um, new one mankind revolution or mankind unchained or whatever the newest one Mankind divided ryan thank you divided it basically it didn't do so well as you know i as well you know in terms of reviews like human revolution was received really well I think it did pretty well. It like Mankind Divided did pretty well on reviews. Where it really cratered was on sales. It it supposedly sold horrendously, which is unfortunate. And now the whole Deus Ex series is in on hiatus. I think. So. Yeah, I just hope that I just hope that I for, for Idos Montreal's sake, I hope they don't become 
the filler studio for Square Enix in terms of their Western right. projects. And yeah, I, I mean, let me let me say some positive things about the game because honestly, it's not. It's it just it didn't. It felt like there was a disservice by it coming out so close to Spider-Man because Spider-Man was a well-crafted game, uh, start to finish. It was very well made, and not that Shadow of the Tomb Raider wasn't well made. It's just that it felt like it was missing some extra polish and some extra design work at, uh, you know from the get-go like the the way they lean into stealth really was quite awesome and it and worked really well but as soon as you broke stealth i found it was very difficult to get back it, it was possible to get back into stealth but it was it was a tough uh tough thing to do and once you're out of stealth like the combat just fell to fell to tatters and and but i really felt like in rise of the tomb raider and even tomb raider proper that type of content was really, or that type of combat was fun. And it just, it, was. it wasn't fun in, in this. It felt like I was just kind of like struggling, you know, and mm-hmm. it just, it just didn't feel good. And I guess maybe if we look at it as not triple A content, but look at it, I, I actually had this conversation with a co-host of mine on Zombies Ate My Podcast, uh, Lou, where he says, I don't play any game that doesn't get a Metacritic over eight or nine or something. And at first I'm like, well, that, there are some great games that don't score above nine. But then I started thinking about it, like that, that's just his bar. And it allows him to focus in on content that that he enjoys. It's essentially my bar as well, or sure. close to. And, and I think that's, I have a friend who also has two kids and he says the same thing. Sometimes he'll, 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 he'll stray and, and dip into games that, that didn't, weren't received very well or, or early access and kind of just have that niche that they fall into. But he stays pretty pretty clear on like I only play games at this level or above, and I make that call if I have well, to go under. Bo and I like we talked about this before, which is the idea that like as adults with good jobs and a fair amount of money, money is not the deciding issue. When you were a kid, you, it was getting the most value for your money. Like mm-hmm. how many hours can I pump out of this game? Whereas as an adult, it's how is my time best spent? I have a very finite amount of time when I'm not like taking care of my kids and all this sort of stuff. What is the best use of that time? And I look at the games I've played this year. Like I, I play Mario, uh, Mario Odyssey, Spider-Man, God of War. And I think what's the overall Metacritic of those three games? Probably pretty high, you know, mm-hmm. like and it, it, it's not necessarily because I'm, filtering it out i'm just like i have x amount of time what is the game i most want to play and it's probably a going to be the game that everybody's talking about and b it's going to be the game that uh is kind of um you know radiates quality and like i don't want to predict what red dead redemption 2's metacritic rating is right but i i'm gonna guess that it's going to be over 8 80 and uh it, it, and I'm likely going to play that game. Um, so it's, it, I, I, I totally, I totally hear you. And it's very rare that a game lines up both in terms of co- quality and quantity. Mm-hmm. One such game is the Witcher three. And you and I um, spoke on the gamers in this week with, with Bo, who is finally getting into the Witcher three um, and just participating in that conversation all the, the the talk about The Witcher Three in general has has led me to um, like I'm done Spider Man. Red Dead's coming out at the end of the month. I got a month to fill. I want AAA content. I never played The Witcher Three expansions, and this was a huge 
omission of mine because The Witcher 3 is probably my favorite video game of all time, or it is very much up there. And so to to not play the expansions, it's just I had put so much time into this game. I had played it for so long. I needed I needed a break from it. And when I took a break, you know, time extended, then it became intimidating about getting back into it. And a lot of people have their own video game pet peeves. For instance, Ryan, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, you mentioned is the third game in the series. So like one of my pet peeves as well is like I couldn't just jump into that game had I not played the two two previous a lot of people could or would look up a a youtube let's play or something like that and get the gist of what the two first games were i have to i have to have played those those other games i'm very similar to you in that if i'm jumping into a game i gotta go back and i can't for the life of me think of an example off the top of my head now because i i do try to keep on top it's not very often that sequels come out like even god of war like i kind of like Got cut do up I on go back series. and play? Uh, do I go back and play the old one sort of deal? Well, I, I did when I was in when I was in university. They came out, I think, with a with a three pack once got right or a two pack right before God of War three came out. But yeah, I mean, like, I'm. It's not like I'm not playing Call of Duty because all the I haven't played all the other ones. Uh, maybe maybe it's good that there is an example I can think of right now. But uh, yeah, I'm in the but same the- way. So The Witcher 3, Blood and Wine, is what I'm playing right now. And what mm-hmm. happened was was uh, I, I was too intimidated to go back to The Witcher 3 because be, I'd been gone for so long. I'm like, man, I'm going to have to replay this whole game just to get to know the systems again, to get to know the characters. And they have a mode in which you can start with a pre-built character and, and that, that pre-built character will be like ready to go. But I just, you know, I couldn't do it. I was just like, I need to flow into them after the the big adventure of the witcher 3 so i said you know what i'll put this off until i eventually play the witcher 3 again now i played the witcher 3 on ps4 uh but the game of the year edition was on sale on pc and i now have a more powerful pc i decided to buy it so i didn't even have a save from that version that like my saves on ps4 so i was like well i'm just gonna jump into blood and wine i'm just gonna you know take their pre-created character and jump right in and uh it was a little rough to get started. I had to relearn a lot of things. And uh, also, they don't just start you in this new area that Blood and Wine takes place in. They start you in the old area, and it honestly feels a little wrong being back there without doing all the other stuff from the base game. But you you get whisked away pretty quick. Um, and then once you're in the new area, it's just it's all fun and games. And I am back to being like really into The Witcher, reminding myself why this game was so important to me, why it's it's still such a quality game three uh, three years later. And I would say to folks who've lapsed on The Witcher three, or um, who may who may have liked it but then dropped it and and are like I don't know where to jump back in, just like start with Blood and Wine, like go go in and just start playing it, uh, and uh, you know use their pre built character, you'll get right back into it soon enough. And uh, and The Witcher Three's always been more about the narrative experience than about. Um, you know, your character build, if you will. But they give you a bunch of potions of clearance, which allows you to rejig your character. So it's not like it's not like you can't rebuild a character that works for you. And you're kind of at the level 
that you should be going into these quests because honestly, my character from the PS4 version, I think would have been too strong almost like I, cause I did literally everything. I think he would have just mopped the floor of that expansion. And this way it's like, it's fairly challenging. And I, and I like that. That's how the Witcher works best where you have to, instead, instead of just walking in and destroying everything, you have to think about what you want to do first prepare before you get into a battle or you hunt a monster and all that so it's a good game yeah no i i think when we were talking about it on gamers and i was like oh maybe you know i i dabbled in blood and wine i never finished it but one i kind of i kind of wish i had tried was the the smaller one the heart heart of stone or something and yeah i i started that one on ps4 that's where i dropped i was like okay i've i just had played a lot of witcher but it supposedly has a really really great story and the only reason i didn't start with it this time was because it's back in the it's in the world of the original witcher 3 base game and i felt that i'd see all these quest markers or different things from the base game and i'd be like oh god it's it would drag me back in i wanted sort of a fresh kind of start and blood and wine offer that a little bit better um mm. so i so i like that it does feel a bit weird because the witcher is very grim to be in such a pretty and colorful land compared to the sort of dark shittiness of the main game but uh but still still really really good and just before we leave the dungeon second section of the show because i know we're we're running a bit short is um uh as you know i'm I love the VR games and that sort of thing. And also they, I find they often provide a fair amount of exercise. I know that sounds hilarious, but like play a, play a couple of these VR games. You'll be tripping with sweat. And the latest one that I'm into right now is called Beat Saber. And uh, it, it's actually gotten a little bit of traction because people have been sharing Facebook videos. Uh, and a lot of, I've seen a lot of people who've never played a VR game in their life share these sort of facebook videos of folks playing beat saber what it is essentially is it's you've got your oculus touch controllers are lightsabers or your playstation move controllers are lightsabers and any game where you have two lightsabers in each hand is already a major plus in my book uh and and then it's a music game ironically so you're standing in one spot notes are flying at you and they tell you which way you got to slice and then you slice the notes in the, in that direction and it makes beats and stuff like that. And there's obstacles and you got to duck them or, or, or step aside and all that. It's really, really fun. It's really, really sweaty. And it uh, doesn't, it, it's not super VR intensive, meaning you don't care what's behind you, what's to the left of you, what's to the right of you. You're always looking straight ahead at the notes like you would in rock band or guitar hero as the notes come, come towards you mm -hmm. and uh, beat saber. Very interesting because it is the first game that enticed my wife to play some VR. She saw it. She could see it on the screen because you're what, what you're seeing is, is mirrored on your screen. She was finally curious enough to try it. And then she reached for my headset and said, Oh my God, this is super disgusting. Why is it so wet? And I said, because I sweat so much. <laughs> and then she, she made me clean it. Uh, and then after uh, a little while of cleaning and adjusting, she got into it. And I could see, like, she wanted to do another one and another one. And it's a it's a pretty, pretty accessible game. Like, it's almost the definition of accessibility. I can't think of a game that is more intuitive than Beat Saber. Like, if you give people controllers, they know what to do with them. You know, they're like, okay, these are swords. I just slice with them. It's pretty easy. So, and in terms of you, you know, VR games, obviously you're not showing your kids Witcher 3, but 
have you have you kind of shown them just from a novelty standpoint of like look what i can do or is it just because you know they they're too young to actually experience it you just don't bother <laughs> like in- oh man i'm keeping them so far away from vr they they, they are not going <laughs> to know what it is so they're going to university and their university is in vr um like they just uh, don't want to ruin it for them basically is what you're saying no i i just don't want that temptation they're totally not ready for it mm-hmm. like gwen is as a four-year-old is definitely not able to comprehend you know, her own space, much less virtual space. So no, it's not like, I mean, it's far down the road to give you an extent of like an idea of the conversations that I'm having with myself. It's like, what's the next game that we'll play after Mario Odyssey. And I was thinking about like legend of Zelda, the wind waker, which is entirely sort of a cartoon. And I have the HD version on my Wii U and all that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but even that I was looking at it. I'm like, she's scared of like the rabbits and friggin' Mario. uh, And, uh, uh, I'm, I'm like to think Wind Waker if it would have it's it's it, it got enough there and you're slicing dudes with the sword it, it's it's already like it should be maybe like a you know six year old perhaps uh, starting point even if she's just watching me I think I don't know maybe I'll cave on it but right now it's it, it so VR is the furthest thing from well, from I, my kids I can yeah. think of. And I, I'm not suggesting like, yeah, let's put the headset on, but I'm just curious, like from a novelty standpoint of like Beat Saber specifically, because there's a lot of flashing lights and it's, it's a very, it's a music based game. Uh, yeah, it's a stretch. And obviously everything we do that we talk about on the show, it's not going to be like, Hey, Caden, check out Tomb Raider. <laughs> you know, uh, that's not happening. Um, uh, actually I don't. I speaking of he's, you know, he's too deep in Witcher Three Blood and Wine to yeah, spend time he's on. He's a big fan of, of that DLC. I actually have you know shrink wrapped uh, here. Speaking of games, uh, Super Mario Party, and you know I'm a big fan of Mario Party, and and Caden loves Mario, and he just kind of likes to watch watch the characters run around and stuff he loses interest like five yeah, minutes in gwen's big into mario now too yeah uh so he's like oh we want to play mario party we want to play mario party and he's obviously not playing he's, he he he, it's, he treats it as a tv show and once he realizes it's not paw patrol he's like well why, why don't we just watch paw patrol uh <laughs> and, and i think i've said that before on the show so it's it should come as no surprise i think he's he's too young like he i i haven't done i haven't been been doing it. i've just sort of been like you know, we'll play with your toys, we'll go outside, we'll run around. Like, before you know it, it's going to be freezing and there's going to be snow on the ground. So might as well enjoy the outdoors while we can. But I'm, I'm, in, I'm glad that you got a chance to, you know, play Beat Saber. Because uh, that, that game looks like a lot of fun. It's super fun. It's just naturally fun. And you play it for a song and then you can put it down. Like, there's nothing that's forcing you to... To, to to dive into it and stuff like that further and so it it you know it acts as a neat complement to a game like the witcher 3 so like i might i could play you know maybe a couple of rounds of beat saber get real sweaty then sit down with a glass of water in the witcher 3 and uh <laughs> and relax thereafter it's a perfect accompaniment if you will Ooh. uh ryan so uh the just um Leaving the dungeons thing, I will say I, I did last week. You mentioned the the Paw Patrol video game, so I I was curious. I looked it up just to see, and I and maybe it's because I've watched too much Paw Patrol, but I'm like, oh yeah, I could see myself. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> I wonder what it would be like playing Chase. I'm like, <laughs> but uh, I so I yeah, Paw Patrol is one of those weird things. And like I was at the wall, I was at the Walmart, and and I was just there with Caden and Abby, and they were in the cart, and I was walking by the entertainment 
section. And because and I like to look at the video games just to kind of be like cool boxes. Um, and I walked by this huge section. And it was just like Paw Patrol DVDs. Typical stuff like here's a collection of five or six episodes and they're themed around Halloween or ghosts or pirates or whatever. And then I saw one who was like Paw Patrol Mighty Pups, not on Netflix. And I'm like, what? What is this? Like it's it's Paw Patrol content that isn't on Netflix and only on a DVD just to get parents to buy that DVD as opposed to watching the same episodes on Netflix. And like that's strictly aimed at kids. Obviously Caden can't read yet. So he he's just like, cool, Paw Patrol is really cool. Let's go watch it on Netflix. He doesn't care. But like that's just such a crappy move. You know, like, here's our content, but it's only available on DVD because we know you guys are just watching the same episodes over and over again. Uh, I don't know. Paw Patrol is this weird thing, but it, it is kind of a trap to get parents to spend more money. It all is really like a, this is this is coming no shock to anybody. But I, I just have this mental image of you walking outside with Caden being like, Caden, this is the outdoors. It's going to be cold soon. You must take advantage of this wonderful nature. (laughs) And Caden just looking at you and being like, Father, why is this not Paw Patrol? And when will we be watching Paw Patrol again? And you're Uh, like, ah, God damn you, Paw Patrol. He's, he's pretty good. Like he's easily distracted. Like he loves to go outside right now. He's he's not that easily distracted. He right now is his thing is, is it it's almost halloween dad i'm like yeah it is we should go look at decorations our next door neighbor has like he goes all out uh so kane wants the, to go wait, look at decorations. is just the playgirl twin no 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 this is the other the other guy <laughs> not that guy i don't think he actually i don't know if he was this is his first halloween so we'll see what he does uh but the next door the other next door neighbor does like a whole thing like he, he has like a a mock uh, electrocution chair and he's got a bunch of mannequin heads okay. that, he, that he puts on like sticks and stuff so that's out there right now is just a bunch of mannequin mannequin heads on sticks so Caden's thing right now is to walk up and down the street and look at halloween decorations but also look at every election sign because right now in ontario we have municipal elections is look at every election sign and say what's that say what's that say what's that say so he's a big fan why is it not paw patrol well no he's not (laughs) that bad but we did mention to him that we were going to see paw patrol live in november which will make an excellent topic for this show when we get to the diaper section in november is that one of us has to take him to see paw patrol live and every morning he'll just be eating his cereal then randomly as i'm making my coffee he'll just scream out loud paw patrol live i'm like what's that buddy paw patrol live paw patrol live paw patrol live i'm like what is it it's like your popcorn what's happening here They've made magic in a bottle, Ryan. It's a Canadian thing too, eh? It's uh, it's quite something. It, I liked how you ended that with a. It's a Canadian thing, eh? That's um, what I do. So speaking of the 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 world of diapers that we have now entered into, uh, I have a, a little bit of a story. Mm-hmm, um, sure. So Gwen started kindergarten, and with kindergarten comes uh, field trips. Nice. Um, and so I went, I volunteered. I was the only dad on a field trip full of moms and teachers and kids. Um, and it was a trip to like this sort of little boardwalk in Eastern, like Eastern Ottawa. It's called Mayor Blur. And it's like a, it's almost like um, a little bit of tundra ecosystem. It's a bog and all this Uh right beside Ottawa. It was so weird. It felt like we were in a different part of Canada almost as we walked along this boardwalk. Um, 
but uh, the kids, each parent is sort of assigned a couple of kids and they think this is a cool thing to do. They assign you your own kid. Now, oh, I, I get it. I get it. They're like, okay, well, it'll be easier for you because your kid will want to hang out with you and all that sort of thing. Oh, that's fine, whatever. But here's the thing. My kid is less likely to listen to me than they are to listen to some strange adult. My my kid has learned to reject my authority, you know? So uh, where his she's on her best behavior at kindergarten, but now she's with daddy. Oh, whatever. I'm going to go nuts. So, so, uh, so then, and I also had her new friend. So that was kind of funny because there's way more boys in the class than there are girls. And, uh, all the, all the moms had these boys. Some of them had like three or four boys and I had just these two well-behaved girls, you know, uh, which I thought was super hilarious. And, uh, and yeah, but there's one of the boys that really wanted to be my best friend. And uh, it was hilarious because I'd be walking with Gwen and I'd be holding hands. And sometimes, you know, Gwen would let go of my hand to go walk and check out something on the boardwalk. I don't know, a bird or some other nature shit. And uh, and then like I would feel a hand take my hand again. I'm like, oh, it's Gwen, you know, and I'd walk for like 20 feet or something. And then I'd look down and it's this boy. And he's just like put his hand in my hand and uh, and, uh, and uh, he's ditched his group just to hang out with me. And Gwen is like trying to pull him off my hand. And and uh, <laughs> see, he's really he's really cute. But like, I guess the novelty of, oh, there's a dad here. I want to hang out with dads, not these moms. Um, so anyway, it was it was pretty fun. It was I have a better appreciation for kindergarten teachers. I tell you, they got to work their asses off. Uh, to keep these monsters from destroying their lives, you know? Yeah, I I have not had... Uh, I've not obviously done the field trip thing. Although, you know, I, you, you experience it a little bit when you when you take your kids to to public sort of spaces where there would be field trips. I think the one that comes to mind that we're going to be doing again next week is uh, the pumpkin patch with Caden. And we went there, and then a school bus shows up, and Caden's and big... Uh, now he's big on... When he sees kids, he's like, oh, I want to go to the park. Will there be kids there? I'm like, yeah, probably. It's like, okay, can I play with them? It's like, of course, buddy. You can go play with those kids. You know, just, uh, you know, be nice. And and I think that's that's sort of like the experience of getting into field trips. But the fact that you actually you went on, this is your first field trip, basically? like. Yeah, I know. It was my first first one in, in, in Gwen's preschool and all that. They didn't go on field trips. And so, but, but it was funny, and I would recommend the parents. Like, I know work is busy. I know that you're, like, trying to find time to do everything or whatever. But, but you know, it's always the moms, and especially the dads. Like, just volunteer. Like, when they send it out, volunteer. I know not all employers are as sensitive to, you know, work-life balance and this. But, uh, you know invent something call in sick i don't know do something but like try to try to be there for your kids because they will they will appreciate it um and uh and i know that gwen did so it was a was a good experience for us yeah well i'm glad you had a good time it sounds it sounds like a cool uh thing to experience in the near future yes how's it going with you and the kids uh so you might be able to help me with this this is where you're kind of going to be an advantage depends on how you look at it but i am now experiencing what it's like to have my oldest caden stop napping he 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 does not want to nap anymore 
Um, he, he used to have two naps. So Abby has two naps, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And we were, we got to the sweet spot where Caden and Abby in the afternoon, we, we synced their naps. So they would always go to bed at the same time, which, which allowed, you know, on the weekends, an an hour of time to either get the house ready or just chill on a a Sunday or Saturday. Living the dream. I know. Exactly. And, or also for Ashley while she's home with the kids to get a nap in or get some work done, uh, stuff like that. But Caden, lately, over the last couple months, ever since actually we uh, went to my parents for three days to to be there uh, for my grandmother's funeral, we obviously took Caden as well, and, and he was sleeping outside his normal routine. And when he got back, he just his sleep schedule was was never the same again. And so he's just stopped napping, and he is not happy about it. So he'll wake up in the middle of the night screaming, and sometimes he'll wake up early. So like Saturday, I think it was Saturday, maybe it was Sunday. I had to wake up at five with him because he wouldn't go back to sleep. He was screaming bloody murder. And I said to him, I was like, well, we're going to have to go downstairs because <laughs> you're going to just wake everybody up and then no one's happy then, right? So he's not napping, but he'll like, his schedule gets so distraught in terms of lack of sleep that he'll it's, just hit a wall. It is funny because, like, my experience when Gwen talked her nap was a bit different. But, mm-hmm. like, so he is actually – not only is he not napping, it's affecting his existing sleep where he's waking up at weird times and he's acting – you know, he's he's getting up early. So he's not napping and he's getting less sleep during the night than he would normally get. Yeah. I mean, a little less sleep. Like, he goes to bed. He's tired. So we actually had to move their sleep. Uh, they used to go to bed at 7 and now they go to bed at 6.30. Uh, so a half hour earlier and then he's up like six, six thirty, which is fine. Cause I got to get up for work anyways. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he just, he dropped his, he dropped his nap and I don't think he, I don't think he's, he thinks he's ready, but I don't think he was ready because okay, he'll, he'll become like this super grump around his nap, around his, what his nap time used to be. And if I'm driving, he'll fall asleep in the van or, or he will just straight up crash. And, and I have to say that, like, finally on Sunday, or it might have been Monday. No, it was definitely Sunday because Ashley wasn't wasn't around. She was helping her parents. And I said to Caden, like, look, you you are tired. You need to go for a nap. Also, uh, I I need to go do something else. <laughs> like, I need to, I need a yeah. break. You need a break. Mm-hmm. Abby's already asleep. So just, just try to have a nap, buddy. Uh, and he did nap. He napped longer than Abby did. So he's like, he's clearly not ready, but, but he's kind of forcing. He's resisting. Yeah. He's definitely resisting. He's not really stopped though, because he'll fall asleep when you drive the car. He'll fall asleep. Like when Gwen dropped her nap, she dropped it. Like, I mean, there wasn't much that we could do to get her back to sleep. We could be driving. We could be doing anything. She wasn't going to fall asleep. She Mm -hmm. had just decided she was no longer napping. And yeah, she was grumpy. We've definitely had to replicate that time. We had to be like, okay, during a certain time of the day, um, you're going to be uh, doing something relaxing, sitting quietly, you know, um, in, in preschool definitely had that, you know, element as well. They had kids that would nap, but the kids that didn't nap were expected to be, you know, quiet during that time. Um, and so now, now we, we kind of have like in on the weekend, for instance, like, We'll watch a movie generally uh, or a TV show, a couple of episodes of a TV show during the um, 
during the uh, later part of the later part of the day, mm-hmm. and uh, and you move up the bedtime and stuff. But transitions are hard. Like and what? But I don't just mean like transitioning into sleep. I mean, I mean, he's clearly going through a period now where he's transitioning away from that, but he's not quite there yet. So you're in this weird in between period, and uh, I think it's like just giving him all the opportunities to sleep as you have you know as you have been doing but if he refuses to and it's during nap time like find something that's going to keep him calm and rested even if that's watching a show and that's like i know people are like oh you know shows oh too much screen time i get that but where's the 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 time that it's needed is when you when your kid needs to sort of calm his his or her body down and they're unable to do it themselves you know like it helps and that's the thing is, I think that when he falls asleep in the van, uh, he he gets that 15 minutes and then he's ready to go because I'll try to transfer him and that doesn't happen. And, and today, like, you know, Ashley's like, I'm too tired. So we're going to and we do. We'll often watch Paw Patrol because that was his after nap routine is to watch a couple episodes of Paw Patrol. So, like, I was worried that he was like, I'm skipping nap because then I get to watch Paw Patrol until Abby wakes up, which is much right. longer. Than when we wake up and get to watch it, but I, I I thought that was the case, but it really it really isn't. You're right. It's just it, it offers him quiet time, and at this point in in, in his, the stage he's at, like I, I think you know, watching a bit of Patrol, and then once he starts to get engaged with it and start yelling and and getting you know excited, then it's like okay, I think we've had enough. You've had your quiet time. Let's go outside and play a bit, but. You know, for him, I, I, you know, I feel for him, but I also, it's, it's now we're starting to get to that point where he's not napping during the day, which again goes back to free time. And, but I'm fine. I'm honestly looking back, I'm fine with that. Like more time with the kids, like I'll only get a limited amount of time as it is because I'm at work all week. But it is an interesting development that kind of caught us off guard. And we were kind of thinking, like, he clearly still wants it. So we have, we have been, putting him down but i think he naps maybe once a week now um so it's beginning and the end man you know let's try chloroform just no. drug that kid <laughs> he's out i mean like Paw Patrol, don't do that no definitely don't do that uh paw patrol paw patrol works just as well it comes in right down puts puts me to sleep yeah. um so uh so just uh <laughs> You know, moving into uh, listener feedback, we're still mm. a relatively new show. Ryan, you're the mailbag. Do we have anybody who's uh, chimed in? We've we've had some great people reach out on Twitter and engage with us uh, on our episodes and and our talk of recording episodes. Uh, nothing really to pull here, but you know the people who've been reaching out on Twitter, we really appreciate that. So so you know keep keep it up. It helps Crofton. You know, <laughs> the Croftaholics keeps his numbers yeah. up. It's true. You got to keep my numbers up. It's the only way like it can fit my head through the door is by keeping myself <laughs> humble. Right. True. So uh, I just have one question for sure. the listeners. It's something that uh, I wanted to spend some time on, but we don't have a ton left over here. Um, I'm near the end of Mario Odyssey with Gwen. We are having a blast, uh, but she's four years old. She can barely play. She plays the hat, which works out perfectly um i'm at like 820 moons or something uh, we're running we're running out of moons man we are running out of moons and so 
if anybody has an idea of a great game to play with a four-year-old or even a game that I can play while a four-year-old watches and provides direction, that's four-year-old appropriate, knowing that this particular little girl gets nervous easily, shoot it my way. She has seen the Super Mario Party ads on the East shop that pop up and has been like, oh, Mario's having a party. I want in on that. <laughs> but um, I, I don't I don't think that's going to work because I don't think she's ready for that level of complicated play yet. Yeah. She maybe could watch me do Mario Party. I was going to hook up the Wii U and maybe show her Mario Kart and like just play it. She would probably would not be able to play it. I remember Double Dash in the day you could play two in the same cart and that mm. would have maybe been better for her. Um, anyway, to the listeners, game for a four-year-old, play with her dad. Maybe the dad does most of the playing. Anything that is, uh, I got a, a PS4, a Switch, computer, shoot it my way. I would love to hear it. Uh, and uh, maybe on, on a later episode, we'll, we'll become experts and be able to talk about the, the best games to play with your, your kids at various ages. But right now, I don't have that list. <laughs> cool. Well, I, I think that's really awesome. And I think uh, getting some feedback from listeners will be super helpful. I and mean, if we get a lot of folks we can, and we can't decide, we'll put, do a straw poll and people can vote. But I don't know. We'll That's, keep it simple for now. Speaking of keeping it simple, I'm going to keep the exit to this show simple. I know that we've already hit close to an hour here. So I'm going to encourage our listeners to visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. They can see uh, all the latest episodes there. You can send us your feedback. And if you want to answer my question, it's dad at tgistudios.com. Uh, Ryan and I are both individuals of individual natures. You can follow us individually online. I am at Croft and Steers on Twitter. Ryan, where can the good folks reach you? I am at R. Murphy on Twitter. He got at R. Murphy. Uh, and so that's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great week, everyone, and we will see you next time. Say bye, Ryan. Bye, Ryan. I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> Caden, like a little bit of extra tidbit here. Caden's for everything is I say to Caden, like, so Caden, do you, uh, do you think this is cool or what? And he'll say, or what? Cause he thinks it's not cool. Like, you <laughs> That's smart Alec. That is awesome. Yeah. He I like is this a kid, comedian. Ryan. I, I love him too. He's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs>